I used to like a longer intro because it gave me more time to like prep for the <laughs> like you're the one that made me make a shorter intro. <laughs> yeah, because everybody says like you really don't want a long intro because people tune out if you have a long intro. Um, I see oh, my well. sister my sister Teresa's in the in the chat tonight. My mom's probably yeah, Teresa's in. My mom's probably listening. So um a, a, how long ago was the last time you were on? Like a year ago, right? Almost a year. Uh, probably like- Nine, eight or nine months ago. Yeah, like eight or nine months ago. So my sister Chrissy came on like eight or nine months ago, and she was discerning her vocation at that point. Um, so she, what did you even go to the passionist yet? Had you visited them? I so I I think when I came on last, I went there just for the come and see, and apply for your. Aspire. I think I I think I I was just accepted into Aspire and C. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah, so we we that show we set up um, a give send go for her. Uh, is my mom? <laughs> so we set up a give send go for her because she had eleven thousand in school debt, and we then all of a sudden Joe Biden passed that thing where she thought her school debt was going to be canceled, and she almost returned everybody's money, and then that thing fell through, and Joe Biden never paid off the school debt. So we, uh, she went for her. Um, you went for your aspirancy, right? Yeah, so I mean, technically, I'm still an aspirancy, but I'm I'm awaiting. Uh, I I have a lot of confidence that I'll be accepted into postulancy, but I'll find out very shortly. Okay, so yeah, so we have. She still has a little ways to go on that give send go, but I wanted to bring her back on because she told me a bunch of really good stories when she came home. Um, but because we probably have a ton of new people listening that weren't here last time. I want to actually just take a step back and actually, Chris, like, where were you before this whole journey began? Like, what, what, where were you in your life when all of a sudden you said, okay, I need to discern a vocation? Okay. Uh, Well, first off, for everyone who's watching, we do have another video that goes a little bit more in detail, but I'm just going to give like a quick synopsis. Um, I'll I'll link that video for everyone. So, okay. Um, So, before I was discerning with them, I your, would say wait, wait, wait. your discernment retreat friend from California is watching. God bless you. I'm still praying for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, a little bit before I was discerning uh, religious life, I was actually engaged. And um, yeah, I, b- before the engagement, I had my conversion and uh, just little seeds were being planted Um that the Lord was just drawing me more and more towards religious life. And uh, I, I was engaged, but when I, when I became engaged, I ended up like that pull just became even stronger towards religious life. So I ended up calling off the engagement and um, starting my discernment with religious life. And um, when I first started my, (laughs) my thought was, like this is great, but like no for cloistered life. Like there's no way I can't do that. Like that's not even a question. I'm not gonna do that. Like I'm too family oriented. I can't go without my family. And so it's so what, what was the first place you visited? <laughs> so the the first like you did those come and see visits, right? Yeah. So when I first started actually really discerning specific uh, religious orders, I actually it was during COVID. So a lot, like I couldn't actually visit any of them. So I did two 
like online virtual come and sees. And one of them was with, I always forget the, their the name. The Franciscan right? TOR. Yeah. So those, um, are, those are the sisters at Franciscan university, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I, it didn't really go too far. That was all that I, I did with them. Um, and then I did a virtual one with the salt community society of our lady of the most Holy Trinity. And then I came back in person for a come and see with them. And when I left with them, my thought was that it felt very comfortable, but almost a little too comfortable. Like I didn't, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to um, like grow. Like I just felt like it was a continuation of what I was already doing. And my, my words to the vocation directress was that um, I really wanted to see a, um, like I had to experience cloistered life because I would always be wondering if I was called to that. But I didn't actually think that I would be called to it, but I just felt like I needed to just so I could say that I did that and to be sure. So the, the SALT community, what were they, missionary nuns? or yeah. So they were mission. So you'd have been going like overseas and like helping um, maybe even like going to Africa or something like that, right? Yeah. So, but there's not, they don't have total devotion to prayer because they're missionaries and they're doing things a lot of time, right? Well, I mean, they, they, every religious order has dedication to prayer. It's just like with the cloistered ones, like that is their apostolate is to pray. Like where the apostolate of like the, the more active ones, they have a bunch of different apostolates. Okay. So you, you apply for your aspirancy at, um, at the passionist nuns in Kentucky. Now, when you first get, now you took like short little visits there before this most recent visit. And every time you went, you wound up, you had COVID one time, or like you had insane things happen to you when you went. Yes. So like what happened, like take us through just those quick, those couple of quick little journeys when you went. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So um, the very first, so uh, during this last year, um, during Aspirancy, you go you go there for live-in visits where you actually get to live in the cloister, which that's not, that doesn't always happen with cloister communities, but that's how they do it with the passionists. And so um, you go, so we would go, I would go there every other month and I would stay there for about a week or two. And so my first visit there, I ended up like the first night getting 103 degree fever and finding out that I had COVID. And so my first, first five, the first night you were there. Yeah. So my first, like, well, I guess like I had that half day of being able to see them. And then the next five days I was in complete isolation and I didn't even know them at the <laughs> time. And- like, can you imagine that you have this whole visit planned out? You go to, you go to Kentucky and you get there and you're in isolate. Now, how long was that visit for? Wait, so isolation and you're in, your cell there's no tv <laughs> there's there's nothing in there for you and like when you're sick you can't even really read so i was just like laying yeah. that shivering <laughs> yes so that was interesting and but- it was scary too like you got pretty bad at one point while you were there like she she didn't have an easy run at covid while she was there it was like did you you wound up in the hospital right no not not that time no <laughs> not, not that, that time, time. 
Not that time. No, it was the other time. <laughs> no, no times while I was in the uh, oh, when I was, okay, okay, when I was okay. in there. Okay. <laughs> okay, so now how long were you there for that visit? So that visit, I was there for 12 days. But okay, then so I now keep... five of them you were in your cell and couldn't have contact with anybody. And then the whole rest of my time there, I had a mask on, except for the very last day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but so that first so, visit was rough. It was rough, but so, like honestly like what was going through my head while i was in there i was just like oh man what are they thinking like they're probably thinking this is a bad sign <laughs> and like but then i was just like you have five days in isolation to let your thoughts kind of go and um i i like by the end of it when i finally got out i was just like do you have any idea wow, how crazy anthony would be after five days alone in a room i'm sorry say that again he said do you if, know what have any uh, idea how crazy Anthony would be after five do, days alone in a room? I can't do two hours in the car on the way home in traffic with it without like something, some kind of noise on. Like I could do in the morning. So when I when I drive into work in the morning, I could do silence. But once my day starts, my mind starts going. Like I'm, I just, I don't know. I can't sit still. Like even tonight before the show, my mind was just racing and going crazy. So yeah, it is. It is challenging, but the it like in the mornings, I'm okay. When I first wake up, I actually have like some of my deepest like revelations with God on my ride in in the morning when I'm just first waking up and like, that's the best time for me to pray. But after I'm like at the confusion of work, it's really difficult for me. Um, okay. So that was your first visit. Now you, what, how long is your second visit for? So the rest of them are all like, 12 day like, visits like, like that, 10, 10 or 12 10 day visits. Now, almost every time you go, you have an incident like that though, right? Where you get sick or somebody else gets sick or. So the second time I went there, I had, I had a sinus infection right before I came. And so I, it actually turned into an ear infection. And so the entire, oh. so I was at the tail end of a sinus infection and I had an ear infection. I couldn't hear out of my left ear. The entire time I was there, oh <laughs> and like, I don't know if any, if anyone's experienced that, but it's like very annoying. <laughs> so, she, um, like these are these are spiritual attacks in some way. Like I know they're physical, but it's almost like the devil didn't want you to even experience this place while she's there, right? Like you had yeah. to feel like that, right? Most people would, but like for me, I was like, wow, this this is what it is to be a passionist. <laughs> Like for me, it was like for most people, they would be like, I don't like I'll take this out as a sign that I'm not being called to it. But and if it was was with like a different community, I probably would have thought the same. But because it was with the passionists, it was like it was a sign of approval for me. So what's unique about the passionists that you loved? Like, Uh, what is their charism? They basically it's meditating on the passion. Yeah, um, it's meditating on the passion and spreading spreading devotion of it and like their main their main charism is to stand at the foot of the cross with mary um to compassionate jesus in his passion and to welcome others to the foot of the cross okay yeah for for those who who followed through the uh um, school of jesus crucified series through lent that was written by a passionist so Mm -hmm. So, okay, so now this last time you went, this was, a, a, what, a three-month stretch? Yes. Yeah, so, so when did you go? You went March 1st? 
Yeah, so in the beginning, you come every other month for like a week or two. And then at the very end of Aspiring to, you go for three months. So I was there right at the start of Lent. And then I was there for three months from then. So I think I got there actually on, I think I was a day or two into Lent. So I think it was like February 23rd when I got there. And I stayed until May 25th. That had to be intense for Lent. Yeah, so she's there for all of Lent. Now, did you talk to anyone? Like, like, did you talk to mom while you were there? Uh, I got two phone calls. But during Lent, you're not allowed to have any phone calls. or And I, I can write, uh, sorry, I could not write letters to anyone, but they could write letters to me during Lent. So she was able to receive letters, but she wasn't able to respond to anything okay. during Lent. Um. Okay, so now... What was this last time like? So you get there day two of Lent. Do you like, did you know what to expect when you were going? Is it different from those mini trips you did, those 10, 12 day trips that you did? Or was it like similar to that, but now you have your own cell and you you know what you're doing? I still didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning, but it, I felt more comfortable at least. And then over time, it, like I I knew what I was doing after that, but uh, thankfully, I did not get sick at all during the three-month visit. <laughs> However, for Holy Week, I ended up getting poison ivy. <laughs> and it was so, like, when I say it was bad, like, it was really bad. And I was just like, I'm not surprised that I have this for Holy <laughs> Week. <laughs> I hate poison ivy. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So now what is like your daily routine as a passionist nun? Like what, so, and is it different as when you're in the aspirancy program from what the, like from what, uh, an actual nun Yeah. Like, okay. So that exactly like, so the, what's the difference in an aspirancy, a postulancy, and then a novitiate? Like what are the differences? Are your duties different or it's just you're like, are the, are, do you, when do you start to like, give us. So explain because I walk really us through it. That. Yeah. Well, the the prayer times all of the sisters take part in. The work assignments are vary depending on um, like if you're in the novitiate or not, and also just like what you're assigned to. Um, like the general chapter will assign certain sisters to certain things. So um, as far like usually like the work time is set work time, but we won't we all be working together. It depends on what everyone's assigned to. Um, so we wake up at 4.30 a.m. And we have um, we have to be down in the chapel for office readings at 4.45. And so we do the office readings, and then we have an hour of just silent prayer that we can stay in the chapel. We can go back to our cell. We can... You can take a walk, whatever you want to do, but it's in silence. Then we come meet back in the chapel for um, for morning prayer and then mass. And then we have mid-morning prayer. After that, we have breakfast. What time is breakfast? Um, I th- think around 8.15. Okay, so you're up at 4.30. Three, three and a half hours solid of, of prayer. Of prayer. Different kind of prayer, the, the silence, but it's all prayer, right? Yeah. So you're up at 4.30, down in the chapel by 4.45, and you have breakfast at 8.15. So all that time is spent in prayer. Now, how long is breakfast? 
uh, half hour, 20 minutes, probably like 15, 20 minutes or so. And then you clean your dishes. Uh, you usually go back up to your cell. And then I usually, for me, I wait until uh, my novice directress um, shall knock on my door. And then I would go to her room. She'll give me a blessing to start the day. And then she'll give me my work assignment and tell me what time class is. So either I'll have work first and then class or class and then work. Now, what do you learn in class? Like what, what are some of the things you study in class? Um, so when I was just like in the beginning phases, like when I was just coming for like the week or two, I was doing discernment of the spirits. But then when I actually came for the three month, we started learning more about, um, like the actual charism, um, the, and then our founder, um, <clears throat> and things like that. Okay. And then what is work? Like what are the, what are, what are the work duties and how long is this period? So you have breakfast, you finish breakfast and then you either go to work or class and they could be switched around some days. Right. So now when you're in, actually when you're in class, is it just other aspirants in there or are there, um, like, are there other people? Is it just like the people in your group that are in the same phase as you, or is it bigger than that? Uh, classes for me is just aspirants. Um, I guess because, you know, everyone will learn. They've learned all that already probably, right? You're learning things they haven't learned yet. Okay. So, and that's usually 45 minutes to class. Okay. And then work. What is like, what is, what are some of the assignments you get? I've done sewing, a lot of gardening. Um, it's a lot of like house, household chores, um, just like vacuuming, doing dishes, a lot of dusting. Uh, we have a, a retreat house, so we help clean set um, set beds and um, get it like all prepared for the next retreat. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of a lot of things that. Um, and during the whole time of working, we're usually in what they call work silence. So it's usually in silence, but if you have like questions, like if you're in the kitchen helping with another sister make different, you know, meals and stuff, then you might have to talk a little bit, but they're asking if you're allowed to have coffee. <laughs> Before I don't know if I would be able to discern with the community without coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because some people are like <laughs> We had we had Jason from Martyrs walk on and he was like, You guys are coming for the weekend. There's no coffee, no nicotine, no caffeine, no nothing. I'm like, what? <laughs> Tra- I don't know about that. We're supposed to kill each other throughout the weekend. <laughs> I'll be stuffing Red Bulls in my uh, suitcase. <laughs> so, is prayer is the prayers like matins, lauds, things like that, or yeah? So we have playing the liturgy liturgy of 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 the hours, right? The yeah, we pray office. all of the hours for the liturgy of the hours. Um, oh, you do all of them, but we we don't like. So instead, like some technically, like there are religious orders that will wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and, and we don't do that. We just wake up at four thirty and that's And you'll do two or three in one sitting. Yeah, well we'll do the office readings at four thirty instead of gotcha. at three. Okay. And um so yeah. I mean it's early, but it's supposed to be like a penitential thing. <laughs> so I mean I get up that time every day. Yeah. Um so okay, so now so now that work period or class, they're about 45 minutes each? No. So class is 45 minutes each and it's 45 minutes. And then the work is like, and sometimes classes like it break breaks up in the middle of like, sometimes I'll do work and then class and then, and work then go again. back to work again. 
So, so how just, long is that period between between breakfast, breakfast and whatever else? So we start like the class or work at eight forty-five, and then we go until twelve. So at noon we do midday prayer, and then we have um, lunch, which they actually call dinner. <laughs> But it's lunch. Yeah, that was so weird when she told me that. So you know, that's the way it is around here. You do that too? Well, um, it was more my grandpa's generation. Like my grandpa, you had breakfast, dinner, and then supper. That's what they, this is your weird thing. I never heard of this nonsense. <laughs> I'm like, what about elevensies? <laughs> Second breakfast. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> and so, tea, afternoon tea. Yeah, so okay, so she has breakfast and she's basically working and or going to class until 12 o'clock. So, um, and then so lunch is what same thing about 20 minutes, a half hour, and then clean up uh, about a half hour. And then we do we all do the dishes in complete silence, all like all 16 of us just doing the dishes in silence. So now work is also in silence, right? Okay, and prayer is in silence, except for the verbal prayers. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you're up from 4.30 in the morning, and you haven't had a conversation with anybody yet. At, at this point, Anthony would be chain-smoking, just, I mean, just beside himself. Just <laughs> So if you have a question, you can ask it, but you're not supposed to just have, like, conversation at this point, right? Like, so I all mean, the way from 4.30 in the morning until lunchtime, you're really just supposed to be in silent prayer or verbal prayer. Yeah, I mean, we, we have conversations. Yeah, I was going to say in class, like we ask questions and have conversation in there. So we talk a little bit. So in maybe, there. yeah, 45 minutes. But other than class, it, you're in silence essentially, right? Yeah. Okay, so now during lunch, do you talk? We don't. During lunch, we usually have either um, there's usually like a, a video that's playing or uh, some spiritual reading. And the videos sometimes are spiritual. We also just like during it, we're watching something on a uh, modern homesteading. And it's just like, I guess they're, they're trying to like do their own homesteading there just to, you know. See, I find that so that. strange because over a meal is when you have such great bonding conversation. Like, so um, like I went out to eat with my son recently, just the two of us. And it's like, like me and him have especially looking for his car recently, like we'll sit in the car together and we'll talk, but it's nothing like having a face to face conversation over a meal. Right. Like, right. like when you're, when you're having a meal face to face, it's not the same as like, say, cause we're in the car, I'm showing him things, you know, videos and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, you got to hear this. You got to check this out. But having a meal face to face is when you're doing real bonding. Like I'm, asking him about like, okay, what do you, you know, what do you think you want to do with your life? Things like that. So that's really shocking to me that at lunch you're not talking at this point still so but like there's no in-depth conversations up until lunch so now after lunch you guys clean up what do you guys do after lunch we have a half hour of optional recreation and what does a half what is an optional recreation a half hour of optional recreation look like if you choose it usually the younger sisters uh will just sit just talk sometimes we'll go outside and talk um, because it's only a half hour, we don't really like do much during that time other than just have conversation with each other. Um, and then, yeah, after that, um, from one twenty-five to two twenty-five, we have an hour of silence. 
We've been an hour. It's been silence the whole day. What's this hour of silence? It's been eight hours of silence well, so far. This, so this this hour of silence is is like your free time to do whatever you want. Okay. So um, if you want to work out during that time, if you want to go for a walk, if you want to take a nap, which I do sometimes. Um, yeah, whatever you want to do. Like I'm very artistic. Sometimes I work on something like art related. Okay, so that's from what time to what time? One twenty-five to two twenty-five. Okay, so now what happens when that's over? I'm like I'm so like I can't believe what the light the day a day in the life of a cloister. Not like no, none of us know. You don't know right. what's going on behind yeah. those cloisters. You don't know if they're <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. So okay, two twenty-five. Uh, if you work out, do you have to do it in a habit? Uh, they have a workout habit. Wait, are you? It in, is a habit. Are you it's in just, a habit as an aspirant? I'm in a jumper. A jumper. Oh no, no. For aspirant, I'm just in like regular clothes, but like you know, like. Wait, th- this is one thing she told me. Um, yeah, so this is what she, one thing she told me. Um, you could tell this right about the outfits when you wrote the outfits. You could tell that, right? Yeah. Okay, so when she got there, she had a bunch of outfits with her. What, what happened with that? Uh, so I brought like, so I'm thinking like, I, I need to, you know, just in the world, like we're so spoiled with like having a bunch of different outfits and stuff. So I'm thinking I'm going to be like getting changed like every day in a different outfit. And um, so I, I got there and like the first day, uh, my, I like one sisters came in there and she pretty much just picked two different skirts for me to wear. And so I, I had the whole time I wore the same two skirts over and over again with just a plain black shirt. And on Sundays, I was able to wear a dress. <laughs> so now this is because they want you to be as simple as possible. They don't want the other nuns like in competition for their cute outfits. Right. Well, it's, like, it's part of the vow of poverty. Poverty. Right. And it's also like like so I was asking her we're going to get back to her day, but. I was like asking her about like, are you allowed to have like things on your walls and stuff? But it's like, you're really trying to deprive yourself of everything. Like even the joy of beauty, like you're trying to deprive. So you don't want, even as an aspirant, like they, she, the, you know, they wanted her to just be as plain as possible. Nothing that would make the other, other sisters go, Oh, what's that? That's cute. You know, something like that. It's like, you really are taking that vow of poverty and trying to deprive yourself of your, even the the sensation of beauty. So, um, okay. So it was, I'm sorry, where did we leave? It was after two 30, you had, uh, what goes on then? So after, uh, two 30 on, on Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays, we go back down for mid afternoon prayer on the other days. We don't do mid afternoon prayer. So that's the only hour that we don't do. Um, but on those days we do mid afternoon prayer and then we do offerings of the precious blood with our arms extended like across, um, for five minutes straight. And then your arms get heavy after five minutes. Yeah. They really do. Like um, hold your arms out for five minutes and see how you do after three minutes. You're like, Ooh. so that's those are on those three days. And then, um, after that we, and if we don't have a mid-afternoon prayer, then we would just go straight into this. But we, the novitiate goes on a novitiate rosary walk together. And then um, we have like a novitiate recreation. And so usually we'll just continue our walk and talk. And sometimes 
we will still garden anyway, but wait, at so, least it's oh, so not in la- silence. All right. So wait. Okay. That's what I was going to say. So, all right. So this is an hour period you said, um, and it's only, it's not on every day. It's on the days of not Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right? So every day we go for the rosary walk, but, uh, okay. so Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, we'll do it after mid afternoon prayer. Otherwise, after that silence time, we'll just go okay. straight from there. So now, all right, but you're, you're a rosary walk. You're not having a conversation. You're praying the rosary. We're praying the rosary. Um, I'm trying to get to when do you get to have conversations with your new sister friends, right? So it's like, okay, so now the rosary walk is what time? It, it's at usually 2.35. And then we, ha- so after the rosary walk, we have recreation. And that would probably be about, I don't know, like a half hour or so. Okay, so where is recreation now? Well, is it in like a communal room or you it's just, just go do whatever you want? It's just novitiate, novitiate <laughs> uh, recreation. So we're, since we're outside already with the rosary walk, we usually just continue our walk and talk at the same time and sometimes do gardening, but we'll do it while talking to each other. Um, sometimes, like there was one day we did, we just, flew kites <laughs> and like um i don't know we just do random things sometimes so what what was strange to me was like um because i asked you i'm like oh did you have like a like one sister that you like like clicked a friend with, right. like clicked with right and she's like we're not allowed to have favorites so like you're really not allowed to have favorites so you're not allowed to have like a best friend there you know like you i mean i don't know if it's not so much that you're not allowed to but you're not supposed to if you're trying to grow and i it was never like said to me per se at there but just from what i know about monastic life and just about like growing in holiness like you're really not supposed to have favorites yeah so. right so um is there a time where all right so you know what let's just keep going through the day then okay so that that's around what like 3:30 we're at now Yes. Yeah, so then from 3.30, uh, so after that, we have a half hour study. So during that time, um, we have usually have something that we're assigned, like some kind of book Spiritual that we're reading. reading. Um, some it's Sometimes it's a workbook. Some Like there was one day, there was uh, in the beginning we had like, I forgot what the book was called. Um but yeah, it usually like the books usually have like questions, study questions with it that you're, we're supposed to answer, and then we'll take it. Sometimes <clears throat> class will be on that, and then sometimes it will be just on like our charism or whatever we were learning. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, so that's that's a half hour. That's a half hour. It's so it's so regimented, right? Like every little minute of her day is so regimented. Um, okay, so you're about what five o'clock at this point? Uh, no, not yet. So that's like four, and four. then I usually take a shower after that. Okay, oh, so you get a little free time at that point. Yeah, so four forty-five is evening prayer. So from four to four forty-five is like there's just like open time during that. So I usually just take that's that's like the time that I go take a shower. Okay, so Teresa, our sister Teresa, has a question. Does the routine of prayer ever feel repetitive or mundane? Um, some days, yes, but most days, no. But the days that it does feel routine and mundane, uh, that's when I feel like I'm actually growing the most in holiness. 
So, so we're gonna have to get Teresa on one night too, Rob, for Teresa to tell her conversion story because my sister said you guys have no idea the miracles that have been going on in my family for the past like two, three years of just all the conversions. My brother Joey, my brother Frankie, my sister Teresa, my sister Christy, my sister Michelle came back to mass on Sunday. Like we've just been having these little miracles in our family over the past couple of years that are just it's like no matter how crazy things get in the church, when you see those things happening in your family, like you're just so sure of God's presence, you know? So, um, no, Margo, it's not a traditional Latin mass, but it's a very reverent um, Novus Ordo. Um, so, okay. So then evening prayer is at 445. Okay, so evening prayer is at 445, and that's just um, back to the divine office again. Yep. And and then after that, we have uh, our holy hour. So Is that just Eucharistic adoration? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. And that's for an hour. So that takes us to what, like six o'clock? Yeah, I think it ends at six ten. Six ten, um, and then dinner or supper? Supper. And then supper. Okay. <laughs> now, is there talking during supper? No. <laughs> it's again another like movies playing like. What will you guys? What or, kind of film? Like, what will you guys watch? Uh, we watched a really great one during like. Divine Mercy Sunday, like during that time, um, on what was it called? Um, it's with Father Gately. Um, I think it's like the the world's second greatest story ever told, or something along the lines of that. Um, it was is really great, honestly. I like you would actually probably really like I'm it. Sure. Is there coffee at supper? <laughs> I don't know if there's coffee at supper. I never. I don't know. I don't drink coffee at supper. <laughs> so okay. So now after supper, obviously cleanup, right? Yes. Is there talking during cleanup? No. No talking during cleanup. <laughs> and then we have. I can, I can, you guys have no idea how hard that is for me to grasp. Like I can understand, like. Okay, you can't leave the cloister. I could understand. Okay, we do dedicate a lot of time to prayer. I could never handle like this many hours of the day of silence. Like that is so hard for me. So think about how you feel about the silence right now and think about me coming back into the world. Well, that's um, we're going to get to that. No, no, no. We're going to get to that. Well, that's how I feel. Yeah, we're going to get to that because the shocking adjustment, like I, I would imagine it being like, the noise that you come back to has to be incredible. Like you have to, as difficult as all this sounds, like I would imagine you have a deep longing and you miss it. Right. Like I would imagine like as much as you missed us while you were there, because I like, she wept when she saw us, you know, like it's like just when she called me on the phone, when she left there to come home. Go ahead. You going to say something? Yeah. The weeping was probably just from how loud you were being. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so and but just to hear like her family's voice was like you know and it's funny because my cousin eddie and enoch live in kentucky right like eddie lives down in kentucky and the nuns were in kentucky so she stopped at eddie's house before she came home who i'm always talking about cousin eddie on here right so um well Teresa, i've done a silent retreat right like i have done a silent retreat it wasn't five days it was um a weekend i did a weekend long silent retreat and it was insanely difficult um, but it was also I, only a weekend. I think we should pay Nick to videotape you trying to be quiet for five days. I well, think that I, would be an amazing something. That would be amazing. Work. I wouldn't. I'd have to be. At a, I'd have to be somewhere that they had silent 
a silent retreat. Like I couldn't do it in my day-to-day life. That would be impossible. But even when I went on the silent retreat, like the first day was so incredibly hard for me. I I remember the second day being easier, but the, the first day was like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Like I was just like crawling out of my skin and I slipped up a few times. And I'd be like, I'd like say something, something, you know, get yelled at. It was really hard for me. So, um, okay. So dinner and clean up are silent. No supper. Supper. Sorry. <laughs> like, and then. Wait, what did he say? Uh, do it, Anthony. It's what's best for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So after supper, you guys, after you're done cleaning up, it's what, seven o'clock at that point? Um, yeah, about, yeah. Okay, so what happens after dinner? So then we have an hour of recreation, not silence. <laughs> not silence. So you can talk at this point. So after you, after you eat supper, now you, okay, so now is recreation so, alone or no, is it in community? It's, it's in community. And the, the night, the night one is mandatory. So all of the sisters are there. Like, so this is where you get to meet the novitiates. This is what, like, not that you meet them, but, like, really spend time with them and get to know them. With everyone, with, yeah. <clears throat> do you guys play, like, games as a group together? Or, to, like, is there is it clicky? They they She's taught, not tell us. They taught me. <laughs> she won't say anything about the, she no, won't say anything about the um, sisters. Like, I'm wondering if it's clicky. Like, you know, you got the two older nuns have been there, like, you know, 25 years and all these youngins there around, you know, two older ones are probably off like these kids. Are so well, cool. I'm, I'm not clicky for sure. Yeah. Like I literally make sure that I'm like with different sisters every night. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we do a bunch of different things. We, they have a bunch of board games that I've never even played before. Um, they also like, sometimes we'll just sit outside and talk. Um, like, you know, some, some of the older sisters can't really like, do physical things so sometimes i'll just sit with them and talk with them um sometimes we'll go outside and have a catch with a frisbee or a football they're so freaking adorable <laughs> just these little these nuns having frisbee catch they're so cute. flying kites and so let me ask you something during the um so the daily mass is just in the morning right yes so now that's open to the public though right so like there's so like the public so and now what do you guys have a, a wall that separates you from the public? It's not a full wall, like it's a half wall. A, it's a fountain that goes runs through the entire chapel. That's about the same height as the pews. So now, if we lived in Kentucky, we could go and see her at daily mass every day. But because we live so far, so I think there's some of some of the sisters probably have family that lives close, and they see their family a, a lot more often then she'll see us, right? Like we're in New York. So it's, it's a very, like we were talking and it's like, realistically, it's probably only going to be like, like maybe me, Joey and Teresa who go and visit her, you know? And because yeah. it's, it's just such a, a far trip. Like I'll go down and I'll go visit Eddie and we'll go stop by and go see Chrissy for a day. And like, we'll do something like that. But my other siblings, it's just like, why they would have to just go to Kentucky to see her. And you don't really get to hang out. So like you know what I mean? Like you're just no. kind of just like seeing each other for an hour or two. Can't no, go out actually, on the bourbon trail together or anything like that. Well, so so what that looks like with family visits, you actually do get to hang out, thankfully. Um, so we have a parlor. I would not be able to leave the parlor though. Like I can't like go and take walks with the family, but I can actually like own, I've never seen anyone ever get denied. Uh, permission to go and actually go on the other side with their family. 
Um, so yeah, you got to at least like sit with them, like how I'm you can like get, get, right give now. them like, a hug and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, is it near Louisville? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's probably maybe 35 minutes away. I think. Okay. Um, Okay, so we'll get uh, Mary, Mary Andrew. We're gonna, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll definitely. Okay, well, so now, all right. So now this is. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, so Vespers, yeah, Vespers. She already mentioned they, they had evening prayer earlier, and that's Vespers. Vespers were before. Yeah, I was gonna say Vesper. Isn't that uh, evening prayer? That's evening prayer. Yeah, that's evening yes. prayer. Yeah. So top line um, is is night prayer. Uh, if she, yeah, if she's talking about night prayer. Yes, we do that after. Um, after our hour of recreation, we go in for night prayer and then we retire for the night. So eight forty-five, the bells for grand silence. Go Wait, on. am I saying Louisville wrong? No. No, that's pronounced Louisville. No, that's pr- because Margot. If Margot get, get has this wrong, that's going to be hilarious. Like she's 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 making fun of me, isn't she? <laughs> this pronounced Louisville. Louisville. It is. <laughs> they call it Louisville. That's no. not Louisville. No, Look at it's, it's Louisville. Stop it. It's not Louisville, Kentucky. It's Louisville. And Louisville. I don't care. I don't care if the people that live there call it Louisville. They're wrong. It's Louisville. Louisville I've, I've always heard it pronounced Louisville. Louisville. But- Shelly's saying Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> the South, it's Lou, Louisville. So, yeah, Lou's saying it too. Lou's saying Louisville. It's Louisville. Listen to me, guys. Don't get on my pronunciation about that. You guys are lucky. <laughs> I say, I, you guys are lucky. This I is one of the few times you're even right. So, and, and it's like, if you guys get an R out of me, you're, you should be grateful because <laughs> my every instinct in me is to say aw instead of R. <laughs> like, um, okay, so. What time are we at? Um, We're retired for the night now. Okay, so um, after that recreation, then you do... I'm sorry, where where do we leave off? Recreation, and then we have night prayer. Okay. And then we retire for the night. So now you go back to your cell alone. Yes. Now, in your cell, uh, that's what, like 9 p.m.? So 8.45 is the grand silence spell. Okay, so now you go back to your cell. Now, will you read when you go back? Will you maybe write a letter to somebody? Like, what do you do when you go back? Do you go right to bed? I usually, there, we have like a mini chapel upstairs. And that, like, my room is upstairs. So I usually just sit in the in the mini chapel. I'm, and usually I'm by myself or sometimes, uh, like, one of the other postulants might come in there. But I usually just sit in there and just kind of give my day back to God um, for a little while. Okay, now, you have your cell. Do you have your own bathroom, full bathroom or a half bath? Like, what is what is in your cell? I have my own cell, and I have a half bathroom. And then we have um, upstairs, there's like a, a shower room with a bunch of stalls. In there. Okay, so, so, okay, so, but you do have your own at least half bath. So if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you're not waking all the sisters up walking down the hall and stuff. So that is the typical day in the life of a passionist nun. Now there's a little variation, right, in the work and the in the class. Like they get different jobs and things like that. Yeah, and also like on Fridays and Sundays are the days are different. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So what on Friday? Okay, because Friday's fasting, right? Friday's fasting and our day is like we have a lot of our morning is 
pretty much our whole morning up until like like four o'clock is freed for prayer. And then we have our work in the afternoon. Now, what now do you have breakfast and dinner or do you, and just do supper? Like what is, is you still have breakfast, but they just, obviously no meat on Fridays, right? We have no meat on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And all on all three of those days, we have collation, which is just like a light meal. And I think that they do that, too, because some of the older sisters, um, they, like, can't do full fasting. And also because, like, it's not that you can't fast, um, but you need permission to to fast. Like, even that is, like, something that you need permission for because they want to make sure it's actually coming, like, inspired by God. Um, So now I remember – Okay, now wait, what, before I even go to that, because I do have a good question, but um, what is a Sunday like, right? Like, so Sunday is the Lord's Day, and Sunday is supposed to be a day for leisure and things like that. So what does a Sunday look like? Um, bef- before I say that, just uh, one other thing about Fridays, probably like my favorite thing. So uh, throughout, like really throughout the week, we're um, encouraged to pray the Stations of the Cross on our own. But on Fridays, we pray it together as a community. And like, I always just love doing that. So we do that um, usually in the morning. So then on Sundays, um, we do have a lot more leisure time. Um, We don't have any work or class on Sundays. Do you still have to wake up at 4.30? We wake Instead of at 4.45, at 5.15, we have more uh, office readings. So let's like, if you think about. So a half hour. You think about like, like how much I look forward to the weekend of not having to wake up early. Like, because I go to bed late. I mean, she's obviously not going to bed late, but like during the week, I mean, we're going to finish this show. It'll be close to 10 o'clock and then I'll go upstairs and I'll be playing around to see how many people watched it and you know things like that and it's like text messages from you yeah I'm gonna want to plus I'll have to go through 800 text messages from Mark and Jason you don't have to argue with one or two people on Twitter absolutely I'm probably gonna have to tell Thursday from Mephrad show off again and um <laughs> or you know, call down the wrath of church militant upon. Yeah, us. we'll have to we'll have to pick a fight with somebody before bedtime. So by the time I go to bed, it's eleven, and I'm waking up at four, right? So I'm getting five hours of sleep a night on a good night, on a good night, five hours. So my weekends mean everything to me. So it's like for her on a Sunday, she's like, "Oh yeah, we get an extra half an hour." <laughs> Gosh, yeah, but that's like I usually get like a little over seven i would get probably like seven and a half hours during the week so like if they're going to bed at nine you're going to bed by I 10 mean, even right if you go, no yeah, if, you go through, like nine really you gotta be asleep. i go to bed usually by nine oh, i've never fallen asleep at nine in my life um okay so now um although i've heard that that's very hard and unlikely to do when you're not in the novitiate so i don't know if that's gonna be later on but as uh, in the novitiate, uh, I I should be able to go to bed by nine. <laughs> so now, since you're home, do you still wake up early? Well, that that even before forget that. Like, okay, so now how? Because you don't want to f- you don't want to completely fall out of this 
the mm-hmm. structure, right? Like you can't just come home and go back to like, ah, oh, that's it. I'm back to regular life. Like you have to still set side of time, side of t- like t- time aside for prayer and things like that. So have since being home, have you like set any kind of structure up to, to make sure that you're up early? I mean, it's pretty quiet mm-hmm. at mom's now, right? There's nobody else there, but you guys. It's usually pretty quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, like my mom's house on a, on in the afternoon is like grand central station is, you know, just got, I have eight siblings. We're all stopping by with our kids, things like that. So, but I would imagine in the morning it's pretty quiet there still, right? And mom, mom's obviously sitting in her prayer chair. I, <laughs> my uh, mom, my mom. No matter when you go to my mom's house, you open that door and she's sitting in the same chair. Yep. She's got her Bible open, or she's got her spiritual reading that she's, she's reading. Probably watching. She's this literally watching this in that chair right now, and she's sitting there. Get no another about to confirm. We need confirmation. My mom, you go there no matter what, and she's sitting there with a book in front of her, and she's hi, Ian. and she's just she'll, she's either praying or reading something spiritual as, anytime you go there. So, um, okay, so yeah, so what, do you set like? Have you been waking up early and setting, making sure you set time aside to at least do some kind of prayer? I know that I'm not gonna. I, no, I'm not, gonna <laughs> I'm not making fun of you, mom. <laughs> um i know i'm not gonna wake up like like i want to enjoy myself while i'm in the world i know i'm not being like super strict with myself um but i do still wake up pretty early like so there's an hour time difference so i'm waking up at like 6 37 here which would be 5 36 over there so i am sleeping in but but you still have time time set aside for prayer though right like you're yeah, um, I wake up in the morning and I do the. I usually do morning prayer. I'm I'm trying to stick to doing morning prayer, one of the afternoon hours, and then uh, night prayer, uh, evening prayer, and night prayer. And then, so the only thing is, so I get very like because of all the silence and um, just the way that it's like everything structured there coming back in the world it's like very very difficult for me to pray and so the only like literally the only place that i could really pray is like sitting outside so i've been s- going outside and praying outside a lot more because i used to do it in my room and like <laughs> just like hear me out <laughs> for a second but like I got like I tried praying in my room and I like I have all these like pictures and statues and I like just had an like an urge to just rip it all down and like just like smash it on the floor, which I did not do that. So, but it's just that <clears throat> it's like noisy. it's it's noisy and it, like I just felt like I I just like desired God himself. And it was, it was just a weird, like I, I was looking at it and I was like, this isn't God. Like I want actually God, not like these pictures and like, this isn't God. Yeah. Yeah. Like for us. So like for, for the typical lay person, the statue is supposed to lead our hearts to God, but for somebody who has a deep, deep prayer life, that could be distracting. Right. It's just, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a matter of how much time we're able to devote to prayer. And I would think for the typical lay person, like to me, my favorite place to pray the rosaries in the back by the uh, waterfall with the Mary statue, just because I feel like I'm in her presence when I'm by the statue. 
But I would think for you, because you're so used to that bare minimum, like aesthetic that to come home to it's, it's noisy, even though it's not words, it's noisy. I would imagine. Right. Yeah. So now, um, she told me something about, um, understanding the difference in men and women's role that, um, when you, when you get into that a little bit, Chris, because I remember you, you telling me like you were having a hard time seeing that the priests get to do like the passionist priests have a very different life than the passionist nuns. So when don't you, when you get into that a little bit? Did you still want to know about Sunday? Oh yeah. Yeah. We didn't even <laughs> Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm very distracted guys. Okay. <laughs> um, but with Sundays, uh, so we do have, like, our morning is still in prayer. Uh, we do wake up a little bit later. But then um, we do, we don't have any, like, class or work time. And so we actually will just, we have, uh, I forgot what it's called, maybe scripture study. But it's, yeah, we all just, we will read the Sunday's readings, like all of the readings. Um, and then we'll get together and just talk about the readings. And then we'll have a little bit of free time after that. Some of the sisters will like prepare for meals and like, we'll, we might help out in the kitchen a little bit just because Sunday is like feast day. So yeah. the meals are usually a little bit heavy, a little bit bigger yeah. and celebratory. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, pretty much we still have all the like the prayer times set for the day. Um, and so pretty much after lunch, we just go into recreation for that entire afternoon. Yeah, me and Kennedy. Yes, my family does call it sauce, Kennedy. We we do not call it gravy. I And I don't. I don't understand why people call it gravy. It is Sunday sauce. I'm very glad that we're on the same team with that one, Kennedy. Um, so. Um, now Sunday is you do get to spend more quality time with the sisters and getting to know one another, I would imagine. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have your real best friend that you won't tell anybody is your best friend because Chrissy <laughs> 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 doesn't have favorites. I would totally have a favorite. So, um, okay. So now the difference in the, the you'd also have like an arch enemy too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd, have, I'd, be kicking, I'd be getting them to argue. Like, can you believe, can you believe that one's doing that? And you're not supposed to talk right now. <laughs> so the difference in the, the, the passion is priests and the passion is nuns. You were telling me like you, you told me like, I don't know if you want me to share this, but like you, you said you like, there was a little jealousy at first, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, when I don't know if it was really jealousy, but like kind of, I guess I was just like, why, why do the priests get to go out? And like, they, they do like, I don't know, I guess, I do priests. They're not things. they're not missions, but they do preach. Um, and I was just like, why do the why do they get to do that? And like not the not the nuns. Um, but like I when I started like really contemplating that, um, I started realizing like the the role of man and woman and how the men are supposed to like be and I'm sure well, hopefully no one in this it. audience, but we, we say what we say. <laughs> um the, the role of a man is just supposed to be to go out and provide for the family. And then the role of the woman is to stay home and to oh, care for the children. Misogyny. 
Well, look, you don't want to offend people, women that have to go out and work and stuff. But it's still there's something profound about what what she's what she's realizing in that, right? Like, okay, so so the so the the passionist priests they're not in a cloister and that they're not allowed to leave or anything. Like, they're allowed to go on preaching. I mean, like she said, it's not a mission like you're going into Africa, but it's a it's a mission like you're going. You get to go and and preach and give the sacraments to people and things like that. So. I think the pre the passionist priests now are becoming more uh, missionary than they used to be, and we there we do have a couple of passionist priests out there that are trying to bring it back to how our founder is Saint Paul the Cross, so he, they're trying to bring it back to how like his vision of what it was. Because St. Paul of the Cross, um, not to be confused with St. John of the Cross, but St. Paul of the Cross, um, he still wanted even for the priests for their like their main apostolate to be prayer um, and to, to be very contemplative. But um, yeah, in many ways, they've it, it, it's kind of lost that a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to ask a question that if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Is there any apprehension on your part seeing what some of the other orders are going through from the hierarchy? You're thinking of the specific one, but not even them, because I think they're a special case with their, with their bishop, but I'm talking just in general from the hierarchy, the hierarchy seems to like, is there any apprehension on your part or worry that this order will be affected? Or do you think that this order is is okay and like that they're loved in their diocese and that I can't really say okay. for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be affected, but I just would, I can't say that they're, they're going to be okay as far as not being attacked, but I am hoping that we would be okay in standing strong if that does happen. And, and a lot, so. I would imagine a lot of it is just trusting that God called you to this vocation and whatever suffering comes from that, you're, you're willing to endure it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Now there were a couple of, um, prayer instances that you had while you were there that, um, I don't know, are you willing to share anything from your journal or any experiences that you think might, you know, maybe help somebody with, something in there. I don't know, whatever you feel comfortable. I don't want to put you on the spot. So whatever you feel comfortable sharing, you could share with us. Okay. Um, I'm going to share um, about uh, Hosea 2, just because like, I really love that scripture. And also like, it just really spoke to me while I was there. Can I give the little bit of scriptural background to Hosea before you get into that? Okay. So if if anybody doesn't know, Hosea is a prophet and God makes him marry a prostitute and his children are named, not my people. And what is, what is the other? Uh, I forgot the other name, but imagine Hosea calling out a dinner time for his children, not my people. (laughs) And he marries, God makes him marry a prostitute so that Hosea can experience what God feels like when Israel commits idolatry, because God always compares idol worship to adultery. 
like that he because Israel is his spouse and when Israel commits adultery it feel when Israel commits idol worship it feels like adultery so God tells Hosea you will marry a prostitute and she and like she, he marries her and he loves her loves her and she's having affairs with other men so that's the scriptural background to Hosea so Right? Am I? I'm right on that, right? Okay. Yep. Just making sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure you're all wondering now how that relates to me, but <laughs> um, yeah, when I came there, um, just like in the very beginning, especially, but really like throughout it, um, I when I got there, I was just being stripped of everything. Um, like you're in silence, and just like you don't realize how much you take advantage of when you're in the world just little, little things. Um, just like, yeah, I don't know. Um, just the, the, like the fact that you can just get in your car and like, just take a drive somewhere. Or like, if you need medicine, you can just go up to like, go up the street and go get it. Or if you even need like, I don't know, something simple, like, um, like lotion, you can just like go and grab it. And, um, and even just like all the little things that you like and are just like right in your reach that you have at your disposal all the time. Um, and all of that is just like taken away from you. And of course, like the biggest thing was like not being able to talk to my family at all, like right from the start because it was Lent. And, um, I was just felt like I was just being stripped of everything um, and realizing how how much like all the disordered affections that I had towards things and towards people um, and just realizing how important it is to detach from everything. And also a, a fiance and also like basically you were chasing for things that weren't God, right? Mm. Like she was chasing for satisfaction outside of God. And part of that was being engaged to somebody. And part of that was things like that. So I was just trying to summarize a little bit, yeah. right? That's that, is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. I mean, there's like the bigger things, but even like the smaller things have such an impact on you too. Like the fact that like you can't eat whatever you want, like, you have to just eat whatever is in front of you. And like, even on like feast days when there's ice cream, it's like, well, they don't have the ice cream that it's my yeah. favorite ice cream. And it's like, it sounds so like uh, selfish to even say something like that. But like, those are just like all the little things that you have to just learn to like be stripped of. And that's like what was happening to me while I was there is I was just being stripped of all of it. So before she even reads this now, um, remember when Eric Sammons came on with us and he gave that little advice, like as a penance, when you go out to eat or to the order what they order or order your second favorite thing. Or yeah. Just get, get used to not getting your favorite thing because it is a penance. Like you don't realize like we're so used to, especially in modern life, right? Like we just get what we want when we want. We have such an instant gratification culture, especially with phones now and Amazon that gets ordered. It's like, it really is a good penance. So if you go out to eat, if you're married, whatever your wife orders, you just get what she gets or the person, you know, if you're out with a friend, whatever he gets, you just even, especially if you don't like it. So, but go ahead, Chris, you can read what you had. So 
I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's just pretty long, but the I'll read like the more important part. Um, cause he, it, the, the beginning part of it anyway, is kind of just summarizing Hosea too, which he already did. Um, so then I wrote in it. So this is from my journal that I wrote there. Um, is this not what the Lord, my one true lover doing to me? He has taken me to the wilderness of this cloister and has stripped me of all my loves. He has exposed even some of the lovers that I didn't know I had. He has killed me with thirst, which started with thirst for those lovers, but turned into a thirst for God. He has hedged my way with thorns, with the thorns of Jesus's crown, and he has built a wall against me quite literally in the cloister. I tried to revisit those lovers of mine with no success, for the Lord uncovered my shame in a most tender and forgiving way. By leading me into the desert of my heart and speaking tenderly to me, <laughs> while giving me a door of hope. He has shown me who was the provider of all these things I took advantage of and made my heart grateful for them. He has taken me as his wife in righteousness, justice, mercy, steadfast love, and faithfulness. So that's pretty much what Hosea talk, uh, Hosea 2 talks about, just like how um, like taking her in, into the desert and stripping her of everything and uncovering all of her shame. And then from that place and like hedging her way with thorns. And like, that's literally how I felt when I was there. I felt like I was being taken into the, the wilderness, into this desert and being stripped of everything. And even like my sin, just all my sins were like uncovered. And like I was, they were just laid bear right in front of me like it's completely exposed it's 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 really <clears throat> it's why lady have such a um a harder time understanding like what what it really is to go into a cloister is literally going and being stripped of everything and being naked before god like that's really what you're going to do in a cloister and it's 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 why I really think that the prayers of the monasteries and the prayers of the convents are what are still holding the world together at this time. As crazy as things are and they're falling apart, it's it's such an important vocation that there are still cloistered nuns. And uh, honestly, guys, like Chrissy, how old are you? 28. So Chrissy's 28. I'm 41. She's 13 years younger than me. I changed her diapers. I did her homework with her when she was little. Like she was a, she was a baby. Like I, so my mom, we, we have eight siblings, right? So my parents had, it was the four older ones. And then there was an eight year gap between my brother, Mikey, who's younger than me and my brother, Joey. So the, the, the four older at, were, were almost like parents to the younger kids, right? Like the, they, my mom had so much on her hands. So we would always help my mom. I remember we would go to church and the four older would all have a kid in their arms. <laughs> And it, there would be five little ones and the four older ones would have a kid and my mom would have a kid. And every time we'd leave mass, my mom, without without fail, somebody would come up to my parents and say, your children were so well behaved at mass. And my mother trudged all nine of us to mass by herself for a very long time. Um, but Chrissy has a little bit of a ways to go still. And there's a lot of things 
that are hard to donate to in the church these days, this is not one of them. Like, this is really not one of them. If you guys have any anything in you to please help her, she, so she doesn't just have her school debt. Like, she has to get some dental work done and stuff. So we really want to make it so that she has nothing to worry about when she goes. Um, this wasn't – I wanted her to share her story. She didn't ask to come on. I'm trying to do everything I can for my little sister to help her out as much as I can, though. So if you guys really do have it in you, I, it, it would mean so much to me to be able to give my little sister a gift to help her in any way that we can. Um, Chris, is there anything else you thought you wanted to share with everybody? I can share one more thing, but uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone who already has donated to me. And also like there was one day that I got, I don't even know if I told you this, but I I got a, vo a voicemail from someone and I, 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 I'm sorry that I couldn't make out the name Otherwise, I would thank you personally. But if you're out there, I just want to say thank you to you. But I was literally crying when I heard the voicemail because, like, the, it wasn't a voicemail saying, oh, I'm going to be praying for you. It was a voicemail of them praying for me, wow. like, right then on on the voicemail. And, it, like, that would, just blew my mind away that someone would call just to, to pray right there, then and there. <laughs> so thank yeah, you. And, and it's also um... – she has been praying for everybody that donated. And I really like to, what, what I was saying is that I went from being this, you know, older brother, father figure to her to when she came home, literally her being like a spiritual mother to me and teaching me things that I don't care how many books I've read. I don't care how much I think I know my scripture, like the, the little, the couple of journal entries she read to me just made me realize how much I'm lacking in my prayer life and how much I really like Teresa was even saying, Anthony, you need to shut up and, do some silence time like it really is so important to have that time and i don't put enough of it aside so <clears throat> um yeah i guys this i i'm honestly i'm so happy that like we had so many people in this i wasn't sure how many people would actually stick around for this but i think this is one of our best episodes like you get you're getting a glimpse into something that you don't get to all the time it's someone i trust with my entire heart it's not you know it's like it's not somebody that I think is putting anything on. Like I'm telling you guys that she's uh, she's just going on an amazing journey and I want to try to help her in any way that I can. So um, uh, Margo, I don't have a specific date yet, um, but it's going to be at the end of August or beginning of September. So when she goes at the end of August, beginning of September, that's the last time she'll ever be home. Like yeah. there's this, there's no more three month trip. When she goes in August or September, like this is her last summer home with her family. Like that is going to be one of the most difficult things for So it's not just her that's giving us up. Like we're giving her up, right? Like my mom is going to be devastated. Like this is her and my mom are best friends. Like they're home together every day. My mother was a nervous wreck while she, while she was gone. And I'm sure part of my mother was hoping she did not have this call to this vocation, but it seems that she does. And it's still, it's not like she goes in and makes permanent vows yet, right? Like what's the vow process? How does that work? So you go back in as a postulant and then how long is the postulancy? Then when does the novitiate start? And then when do vows start? Um, so I'll be a postulant for a year and then I would be, 
you know, obviously if I'm accepted um, and then a novice for two years and then I would start temp. And I think I explained it wrong in the last video, but then, so after a novice for two years, I would start making temporary vows. The first one is for three years and then I'll make another one for a year, another one for a year. And then I make the perpetual. Okay. Um, there's something I do have to say about my mom. Um, not one of us in my family would have our faith without my mom. Like I, I, she, I tell like all of my siblings, like one day you'll be before God and he will say to you, I gave you a saint for a mother. How did you not see? Like my, my God gave me a mother so much like his own. It's unbelievable. Like, like he gave me a mother just like his own. And that, and I never would have understood Mary's role without my own mother. So any mothers out there, like don't ever, like we, we talk so much about the father's role and how important the father's role is. You have no idea how important your role is as a mother. And even for you single women as a spiritual mother, like, even if you're not able to have children or even if you haven't found a wife yet, like every person you encounter, you are a spiritual father or mother to. And it is a very important thing that I've really come to understand very recently. And a lot of it had to do with that vacation, I, that little trip I took with my wife and really starting to see that every conversation we have has meaning. So if anything that you guys get from this conversation is that deeper prayer and don't ever underestimate your the importance of your words to people. Um, I really had a great conversation tonight. I hope everybody enjoyed this one. I think you got about half the chat crying right now, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> At least Mark, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's just like I've just seen so many miracles in my family in the past couple of years that, and it, they're all due to my mother and her prayers and her suffering on our behalf. So. Um, Guys, if you can, please help out. And any, I don't, we, me and Rob really, like, we don't ask for much. Like, we really try not to grift if we can't, if we don't have to. We, it's just when I know there's a good cause, I will ask for it. And I would love to be able to, by the end of the summer, have my sister be able to walk in carefree without a, a dollar of debt. So, um, if you guys can, please help out. Uh, Rob, do you have anything you wanted to touch on before we go? Uh, do you mind if I say one more no, thing? Yeah, go ahead. Um, just for, even if there's no one in the, the, like watching it right now, just for the future, if anyone who is like discerning cloistered life and is just like scared about it, um, like that's completely normal. Like I've been, I was terrified of the thought of never like ever seeing the world again and never seeing my family again. Um, but over time I like, I've come to see the how just how like the world's view of freedom and how it just seems so crazy to other people like it it seems like we're we're giving up our freedom when we're going into a cloister um because we're not able to like the world's view is like you're to be able to go where you want do what you want have what you want but like real freedom is just to be content with where you are and with what you're doing and with what you have. And um, if in the cloister you feel that you're content with what you're doing and with what you have and with where you are, 
in that in each and every moment, then that's really all that matters. <laughs> well, I'm going to hang out with my sister for a little bit before I go to bed. Um, guys, please share this video too. Because this is actually like a really good episode. Like I was before we came on, I was saying to Chrissy, I'm like, oh, my brain is just so shot <laughs> right now. Like I had such a hard day at work today. Like a really hard day at work today. I got home about 20 minutes before the show was supposed to start. So I'm like, Rob, push the show off for half an hour. I like I barely ate dinner. It was a really, really hard day. I sat in like two and a half hours of traffic coming home, and I was really worried I wasn't gonna even know what questions to ask, but it's really strange. Like every time we turn that camera on. God gives me the strength to get through the episode, man. I'm telling you. It's pretty funny. So, uh, guys, yeah, please share it. Thank you guys for joining us. Rob, you want to take us out? Sure thing.